where we're at tonight, and I want to look, I just have a, a message I've been thinking about, and as I was contemplating this time of year, and what the privilege that we have of a Christ child, and here in a passage of scripture in Luke chapter 1, I'd like to read for you a little further about Mary, the virgin mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the time, she was a virgin, at the time she'd received the news that she would be the mother of the young baby that would grow up to be the Savior of the world. In Luke chapter 1, verse 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's look a little bit further here. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She's told that she's going to bear the Christ child. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. She says in verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. The angel does. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, and into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit doth rejoice in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Here is Mary, a marvelous example of a humble mother, one of whom Isaiah 7.14 from hundreds of years prior would be perfectly fulfilled. Mary is a poor Jewish girl. Her reaction to the angel's news teaches us of a very behavior. She is absolutely a meek lady. As we look at the culture of her time and the environment and the happenings surrounding Christ's birth, we can learn what it means to be a servant of the Lord. And Mary shows us that. During the Christmas season, there is a tendency to compare gifts amongst one another. Well, your gift is more expensive than my gift, and so on and so forth. And rather than looking at the gifts and comparing the worth of the gifts, why don't we rather seek to do as Mary did, and she magnifies the Lord. Mary understands she's a humble lady. And God is not looking for greatness but meekness and She's a great example of a humble life that would understand her devotion to God and need for Him. 
Let's go to the Lord as we go forth in this message. And as you think about this of Mary bearing the Christ child. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray as your word goes forth this evening that you would be glorified. Father, I pray that the words would be clear. and Lord, that all who know you, Lord, would just be so thankful for those that don't. They would call out to that Christ child, to call out to the Savior, forgive them of their sins, and be gloriously saved. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you, Father, for a silent and holy night. So long ago, when you would announce the birth to the shepherds, Lord, men of low estate amongst their peers, and yet men that would show us the humility and the worship of what is needed for the Christ child. Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace. Give us a wonderful night as we proceed forward. I pray for each and every person here, Lord, to just draw our hearts close to thee. I love you, Jesus. In your precious name I pray. Amen. As we think upon Mary this evening, in verse 38, we see something amazing. Amazing. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid, of the Lord. She deals with herself as a mere servant of the Lord. She does not count herself as great. She does not look at me as some wonderful woman. She says, no, I am just a handmaid, a servant. Mary was a typical Jewess. She was of royal lineage, back to the lineage of David. Like all Judean women, her, she was intentionally national in her feelings. She identified herself with her country's destiny, lived in its life, and, but yet she was humble. Her, the culture she came from was Galilee. The very place of Galilee for Mary was a place amongst many, the aristocrats and the wealthy, that was a place of scorn. Oh, Galilee. Much like we would think of certain cities in our nation, and you would think of that city with probably not the best thoughts. As for Nazareth, that only added to the Jews' contempt. Galilee, Nazareth. Here is a poor Jewish woman in a poor, unlikely town that is bringing into it the greatest person who's ever lived upon the earth. Roman soldiers would march in Nazareth along the road. Greek merchants and Jewish priests and Levites and troops of entertainers and people from all walks of life. The final straw in the city's reputation was it was known for corruption. Even Nathaniel would say, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And yet to this place is Mary. She's of and her distant grandfather, David, king of Israel. David would grow up as a shepherd boy early on. Insignificant by all intents and purposes. And yet God would raise him up to be one of the greatest kings that Israel has ever known. She is a virgin, as it is known, before she had ever known a man. It's very specific that she was a virgin. The angel found Mary in a humble 
peasant home. Think about this. On that silent night, he would find this poor young lady in a home where maybe walls were made of jasper and gates were made of, it wasn't a a wealthy place. Very little furniture. Maybe some animals, but there wasn't much that would separate them from the animals. They weren't wealthy. And yet in verse 28, look with me here. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary was in attention. She, her attention was arrested and she was alarmed. There's an angel before her. Her character, she learned, had been under heaven's closest scrutiny. Understanding that she had found favor with God. The culture that Mary would say, she says in verse 38, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. She says, God, you can have with me as you please. She wasn't saying, God, I want you to do this. No, she says, Lord, if you've allowed this to me, so be it. And yet in that assumption of that day to be pregnant and not married would bring great reproach and scorn and possibly lots of gossip about her even to the point of potentially being stoned. And yet she said, I will gladly bear it. If Mary had been guilty of immorality prior to her being espoused or prior to being engaged, Joseph would have had to pay Mary's dad 50 shekels of silver because of his deed. It would have been a great source of derision and and scorn and people would have laughed and mocked at her this Single woman, she's engaged, but yet pregnant. But the prophecy of the angel moves majestically from one statement to another. Think about this. How is it that Mary could so gladly accept these words, knowing that in her acceptance, she's likely to bring other people to say bad things about her? Looking at verses 38 and 48, and Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. The start of that. In verse 48, For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid. She said, God, I'm just your servant. Mary is one of humility, but she's also one of incredible devotion. She says, A low estate of your handmaid. This idea, what is a handmaid? It was a female slave. She says, God, I'm all yours. Mary is not to be deified. She is not to be prayed to. When E.T. Marshall says, deify her means to make her a god. Besides other things, you wrong the whole human race and say in effect that you can do nothing with a pure life and a humble spirit but make an idol of it. And even Jesus in Luke chapter 11, excuse me, Luke chapter 11, verse 27, when they would want to make Mary some great thing, Jesus said about his own mother, and it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather, 
Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus says, listen, if you hear my words and you keep them, you're greater than my mother. We find something that God is jealous over his glory. He will not give his glory to any other. We are to bring no praises or veneration to Mary. It all goes to that child. As the shepherds would come and kneel and bow to this beautiful baby boy, God will not share his glory in Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. We wouldn't need to make an image to Mary because it's all about Jesus. And she would make a statement, she would say in verse 48, for he hath regarded the low estate. What is this idea of low estate? This is someone who said, he's not looking about me. You know someone who's oftentimes a a worker behind the scenes and they don't want anyone to notice that they're working and they're a hard worker and man, they are just absolutely integral to whatever that project is and they're a hard worker. And Mary says, God, I don't want any praises. I'm just just happy to be able to be in your presence and, and to worship you. She didn't see herself as anything great, a simple servant. She wasn't striving for greatness. All she was striving for is that God would be praised. She would say in verse 46, and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. That word magnify means to cause to be held in greater esteem through praise. We see that Mary stated her spirit rejoices in God our, my Savior. Look with me at verse 47. This is very, very integral to this whole story of Mary. It says, In my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Mary was a sinful servant. Mary was a sinner. She did not behave in a manner whereby to bring or heap up praises to herself. She said, I'm a a sinner and I need a Savior. If you need a Savior, you need someone to rescue you from where you're at. She was completely submitted to God's will. She was completely on the altar saying, God, whatever you want with my life. She would carry the Messiah from whom the Jewish people were anticipating. But she never used this miraculous event to praise herself. She didn't go on any speaking tours. No, she merely maintained as a mother. Mary's attitude stands in stark contrast to much of the mindsets of today. It tells her that she was blessed among women, women, in fact, but yet she was poor. She was a virgin. You know, in that day, oftentimes, as much like our own day, we, we tend to lift up someone who's forceful and strong and courageous and maybe very mentally concentrated. And we would say those are of the highest worth in our day. And yet Jesus Christ would proclaim a divine nature of meekness and gentleness and patience and purity and obedience and love. It's a peculiar feature of Christianity that exalts not strength, intellect, courage, but gentleness, lovingness, helpfulness, and purity. Mary of a royal lineage, she says, I'm just a handmaiden. She would exclaim of an honesty of a Savior. 
The greatest truth that Mary exclaimed is found in verse 47 of our text. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She explained a truth for man of all time, for people of all time. She did not state a Savior of the world or the world's Savior, but she stated God my Savior. She would understand who God was, that it was God that was saving her. In Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength. And the verse goes on. In Isaiah 45, latter portion of verse 21, and then into verse 22, There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Here is Mary saying, God, I am a sinner. I need to be rescued. We are spared. She would be spared from God's wrath upon humanity. We understand in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, understand this, Mary would understand, I can't be good enough to get my way to heaven. No good deeds. I can't do enough prayers and good works to get to heaven. It's all Jesus and a faith in Him. Mary, as a humble servant, would realize her position before God. Mary would end up, she was just a fallen human as you and I, a sinner. But her prosperity would be that here is a young lady that would fulfill prophecy that had come from thousands of years prior. And we find in Genesis 3.15 when Adam and Eve were there in the garden and God would make a promise in Genesis 3.15 and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. God was saying, listen Satan, someday I'm coming and I'm going to crush your head. You'll bruise his heel but you'll be crushed. And here is that child from Mary, the seed of woman that would crush the head of Satan. She would understand that all generations shall call me blessed. She would understand that Mary would be highly favored. But Jesus Christ would not allow anyone to Bring an adoration of his mother, he said, as I mentioned earlier. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. That is the person that's even greater than my mother. What a remarkable statement. Mary was just a sinful servant as you and I. And she came to the understanding that she needed a savior. We understand that it's not about exalting yourself and how good you've done. How many good works you've done or how many prayers you've done throughout your life as I draw this to a close as we think about this Christmas the humility of Mary may we not forget the humility divorce from a, from a relationship with God is just an empty gift but Mary would understand that Jesus was God's gift to all humans in John chapter 4 verse 10 Jesus answered and said unto her if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith that he give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. This is Jesus talking to the Samaritan, but he's saying, listen, I am the gift of God to all humanity. Mary was blessed to be able to bear the Son of God. 
But this did not neglect the fact that Mary was a sinner. She would go on to have several children, other children. She would have daughters and, and sons with James and Peter, <clears throat> with James in the Bible, excuse me, and Jude being the half-brothers of Jesus. But we understand something. Why was Mary blessed? For her obedience. Revelation twenty two fourteen. Blessed are they that do his commandments. That they may have right to the tree of life, may enter through the gates into the city. And the first thing that we need to do for obedience is to accept Jesus as our Savior. And the final verse this evening in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Christian, rather than reveling in our presence, may we not embrace the gift that God has given to us of Jesus Christ. And this evening, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'd love to show you after the service how you can come to know him. It's not by any good works. It's not by any being a part of any church. It's solely by faith in the shed blood of Jesus upon the cross. The reason he came, and several 2,000 years ago, he would enter into world. God would pursue you and me to be in a relationship because he wants all of us to go to heaven when we die. And I trust this Christmas Eve, you would think about the Christ child who would come, and the reason for his coming is more than a nice little story, and more than being just a good man, he was my Savior. And I trust he was your Savior this evening. I'll have, as I pray, I'll, I'll conclude us this evening. But I trust that if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you would call out much like Mary did, God, my Savior. She had already put her faith in God. She had already put her faith in the Messiah that was to come. Mary, what a wonderful example of a sinful servant. And may we as Christians... Be also be servants, be it unto thee, Lord, whatever you want. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you and I thank you for this wonderful Christmas Eve. Lord, as we have the opportunity to come into thy presence, Lord, we enter into the throne room of God, as Hebrews talks about. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. And Lord, that's what we're doing this evening. Father, thank you. Thank you for being my perfect sacrifice to pay for all the sin I've ever done. And Mary, just a humble young lady of royal lineage. And yet, Lord, it's not about her. It's all about you. I pray tonight that there be anyone that does not know you as their Savior, Lord. They would call out to Jesus to forgive them of their sins and be saved. May they have a wonderful Christmas. Enjoy the time with family and presents and Lord, may we not forget why we celebrate. So, Lord, I commit tonight to you. I pray that you've been honored and glorified. I love you. In Jesus' precious name I pray.